Yeah, that's the fun part of the job. (laughs) (laughs) You know, figuring out where that where that inner crossing and connection um, is to where the sweet spot is. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that's you know what are we good at as a firm and where's our talent that we can actually do something interesting and then you know does that actually work within the regulatory framework we're trying to make happen and do clients actually want it Mm -hmm. right so those are all the the key pieces that we're kind of intersecting to figure out where's that that winning winning app or whatever you want to call it Mm. right Hello, everyone, and welcome. You're listening to the Clarkson Ignite Podcast. We're coming to you from the WTSC radio station in the Clarkson Student Center, and this is Nightline. I was going to say, I felt like you were reading like slam poetry almost. Uh, Hello, everyone. I'm Matt. And I'm Nick. This podcast is a weekly podcast meant to connect individuals across Clarkson's diverse community and give all of you, our listeners, interesting and unique content. Ultimately, we want you to walk away from all of our episodes learning something new and valuable, something that may inspire you. This final Kogo Weekend episode, uh, Matt talked to Katie Campbell, class of 03. Katie is the Vice President and Director of Product Strategy and Development at AB, formerly Alliance Bernstein, where she worked in the finance industry for the last 10 years. Uh, In her current role, Katie seeks to find creative ways to combine investment capabilities of the firm and product structures to design investment offerings that are innovative, competitive, and deliver results to clients. Uh, It was a really awesome conversation. We talked a lot about the engineering and management program. We talked about the alumni council uh, and a bunch of other stuff. It was a lot of fun. I hope to have her on again, uh, and I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Thank you. Listener mail. What's this week's? Oh, it was um, what moment from a um, child's movie scarred you the most now as an adult? And that came from... Nima, our other apprentice, Nima Garung. Yep, she's shaking her head yes. She's in the <laughs> studio. Um, mine is Toy Story 3. I don't even think I got through the scene. It was the, I think it was the teddy bear one. I was reminded, uh, the, the teddy bear scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I remember is it was really freaking creepy, and I never wanted to watch that thing again, and I still don't. Yeah. Well, the teddy bear is... I'm um, not one for, like, scary movies or scary things in general. I'm kind of a wimp when it comes to that stuff. So, just, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go near that movie again. The scene you're referencing is when the toys are all in the daycare and the scary bear is, like, the guy who's mm. in charge. And he's yeah. like, he's like, I'm in charge now and I'm a bad person. Yeah. Bear. I like. I don't even know if I want to watch the new Toy Story 4 that's supposedly coming out. You're gonna. I don't think I will. You will. I think it ruined the whole thing. I ha- I don't think I've watched Toy Story 1 or 2 since then. Well, you're wrong because you have to. Do I? Yeah. Okay. I forgot what mine was. Um, Charlie and Chuck. Oh, you say yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. The scariest thing for me was um, I bet a lot of people share this. When you watch the original Charlie and the Charlie Factory. Char- Charlie, <laughs> Charlie and the Charlie Factory. They're just making Charlie's the scariest. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> um, they get on the chocolate river after the fat kid drowned in the river and uh, they're getting on this boat and they're going along, going along. And then they come in this tunnel and the tunnel's like flashing by, going really fast, faster and faster. And the guy who plays um, um, Char- uh, Willy Wonka Willy Wonka is like doing some like limericks dance, yeah. and stuff. And he's like saying some poems that are really dark and stuff. And then things are flying by. It's going crazy and crazy. And, you know, I closed my eyes because I was like, holy, oh my gosh, this is turning into a horror movie right in front of my face. Mm. Yeah. I thought it looked fun. It was scary. Everyone else in the area that we're in, the room, agreed with me that it was frightening. Mm. Yep. To me, Toy Story beats it. Oh. Let us know what you think. Ignite Podcast at Clarkson.edu. Bye. Bye. Hi, Katie. Thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate you uh, coming and spending some time while you're here for Kogo. Um, you know, 
I I love these alumni weekends because I get to kind of meet a lot of alumni and and hear about their stories while they were here at Clarkson. Um, and what's really cool is you know from the Career Center and and the times that we meet a lot of the prominent alumni, at least with the talks that they give, they seem like very, um, you know, out there people. Like they seem like, oh my God, they're so successful. I'm never going to be like that. But it's really cool to be able to talk with uh, a lot of alumni in here. Oh, well, you know, they got to see in this class too. And, you know, they're actually human beings just like us and to kind of hear their stories. So I'd love to hear how you came to Clarkson. Um, what your time was like here and, and how you've been able to capitalize on it afterwards. Okay. Uh, maybe I'll just introduce myself yeah, to, to begin with. Uh, my name is Katie Campbell. I am class of 2003, um, and I'm the current Clarkson Alumni Association president. And I'm currently living in Manhattan, but I'm originally from the North Country. Uh, still have a lot of family and That's friends. That's going to be a big transition. Yes, a <laughs> lot, lot of family and friends in the Watertown, Syracuse, uh, upstate New York, Shattagay even, mm-hmm. um, New York area still. So it's it. I love coming back to Clarkson both because I love what's going on on the campus. It's even um, more exciting, I think, than when I was here 15 years ago. <laughs> sounds, sounds so long ago. Sounds so long. Um, then you know, you know, uh, to now, and I get to still see a lot of family and friends too in the area. So that's that's really great. Um, yeah, my time on campus really, uh, God, so many memories. So long ago, um, I came to Clarkson because uh, I actually have a grandfather and several uncles who graduated from Clarkson. Um, I'm the first female graduate in the family, I'd say. So, woo. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, <laughs> my mother actually and father both went to Potsdam State. Okay. Um, mom always thought she might want to be an engineer, but mm-hmm. she became a math teacher instead. So, hence my passion for engineering and math. Um, and then my father actually played hockey at Potsdam. So, okay. the hockey, math, yeah. you know, it thing kind of comes, comes together, together yeah. at Clarkson. It starts to make sense. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I came in as a as a business and liberal arts major actually, and moved on to become a E and M major. Oh, E and M as well. That's yes. very nice. I'm E and M. So, so I thought E and M was a, a great pick because you get the broad engineering spectrum, and I yeah. liked. I actually liked math. <laughs> yeah, and the coolest thing for me is that the despite the fact that you're getting both an accredited business and engineering degree. Like there's still enough credits there in the middle where you can actually specialize in something. Yeah, which yeah. is the part that like allowed me to kind of pick that because I was originally thinking wherever else I was going to go was going to be major in engineering, pick a discipline, and then minor in business. Right. But I've been able to take enough environmental engineering courses on the side. Oh, cool! Um, that I've you know it it made me right. you know, really feel like this was the, a good spot. So you're you know I am you know yeah another you know yeah exactly. <laughs> So what else were you involved in on campus? Um, okay, so I, I actually was in Greek life. Okay. I was a Delta Zeta. Um, am a Delta Zeta, I should mm, say. Always. Uh-huh. Um, have a lot of really close friends that we've stayed in touch through that organization uh, through the years. And then I also played women's soccer for a year, so um, gave that a shot. Studied abroad, so that was another... Where'd you go? I went to Northern England, North, okay. University of Northumbria. I don't know if they still... I think that's still an option. They have a program there. Yeah, I think it's still an option. It, you know, people are like, why didn't you go south, somewhere warm, yeah. something? Everyone picks Australia recently. <laughs> I had a lot of friends that went place. to Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was great, actually. Northern England was great. I love Scotland. Mm-hmm. little Scottish uh, background in my family, hence the name Campbell. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, it was a cool experience to go abroad. I highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in, in doing something like that. Did you go in the fall or the spring? I did the fall semester of my junior year. Okay. I wanted to be back on campus for my senior year. Yeah, um, And then I did several internships also while I was here my uh, sophomore and junior year, both with GE, uh, who I ultimately ended up going to work for right out of college. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty, pretty nice to go into your senior year and kind of know Know where you're going to be. Know where you might be going, yeah. So, um, so you went to GE right after, and you were there as a project manager, correct? In the IT, 
some IT space? Yes. So I was uh, um, very good. You do yeah, some research. Do. Yeah, we, <laughs> that's our job. <laughs> um, yeah, I was an IMLP. I think it's called yep. ITLP now. OMLP, I think, OMLP, they, I think is OMLP. what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was technology leadership program type okay. thing. Um, a lot of companies I've noticed starting to do the those rotational programs are huge and now. They're for great. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they really are a great way to start, I think, mm -hmm. a career. Um, I know Johnson and Johnson, IBM, GE yeah. obviously still has a few. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely becoming really big. Yeah. So that was an awesome experience. Actually, they sent me around. Um, I went to Kentucky for six months and mm. lived over there, a few different places around GE. And then uh, after about four or five years with them, I uh, decided I wanted to live in Manhattan or move closer to New York City. And uh, so uh, through a recruiter, actually, another alumni found my resume. Another E&M grad, actually. Ah, like, see, imagine the imagine very important. Like, there's a little bit of luck, I think, in everybody. I, I think there is for sure, yeah. Right? Um, and so actually this, this uh, alumni phone interviewed me, and they were grilling me about this E&M program. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what is it? And I was like, man, why are they asking me so many questions about E&M? Like, who gets stuck on my major, you know? <laughs> And then finally, after towards the middle end of the phone interview, he was like, oh, he goes, just kidding. I was an E&M grad, too. I just wanted to make sure you knew what you were talking about, you know? That's funny. <laughs> so it was kind of, it was pretty cool. I felt like, you know, mm. I almost was hired, you know, before I'd even walked in and met them in person because yeah. we just had that instant connection. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so then I went on to work for a pro as a project manager for them for a few years before I internally moved over to the the team and the role that I'm doing now, which is uh, product development and strategy. What was that transition like from project management to you're in product development now currently, right? Yeah, you know, um, so I know a lot more about finance than I ever thought I would know about mm -hmm. finance. I wasn't a finance major. Um, I took, I think, one investment course and some yep. a couple accounting courses, yeah, that's, right? Yeah, that's all you required. Right? <laughs> um, and uh, so I had a lot of learning to do, a very steep learning curve uh, when I transitioned into that role. But there is some project management um, to what I do today also. I, I would say actually having come from doing project management within this, the same business unit over to product development. I still work with a lot of the same people yeah. um, that I had to meet as part of that project management role. So now I just have a different subject matter where I'm more on the front end, like actually designing and building and helping strategize uh, from the business standpoint, which is uh, pretty cool. I really like the space I'm in, in within finance. So um, the... What kind of drew you into finance? That's that's a something that I was. It's a great in question. Now. Yeah, um, I would tell you this is the honest truth. Mm -hmm. I really just wanted to live in New York City. Okay, <laughs> um, that's fair. And I, you know, everyone finance is a huge is. industry in New yeah. York, and so that just happened to be, you know, the spot that I've found myself in. Which, um, you know, I think that's something that's been awesome about my E&M background, engineering, business. Um, yeah, I have friends in a lot of different industries with that background. And, and quite frankly, with any kind of a, a degree, I mean, I think that's something Clarkson really um, sends people away with is this ability to learn and to be flexible and to, you know, dive into really cool different stuff and not be afraid to go into something completely, you know, uh, off kilter. <laughs> yeah. So besides learning the finance language, what was kind of, what was one of the major challenges that you had in switching gears a little bit? Major challenges. I mean, all of it. Okay. <laughs> it's a, it's a totally different lingo. Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of it again was a good, good six months to a year of just picking up what all the terminology is, you know, learning about the different markets, understanding, um, you know, the different investment, uh, mm -hmm. structures and different investment vehicles and things, all the regulatory stuff. And that's honestly, that's always changing. So yeah. uh, finance is a pretty fast moving space, just like technology is a very fast moving mm -hmm. space. They're very right? interconnected at this yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, fintech's a huge thing right mm -hmm. now that as an up and coming 
space yep. that that kind of combines both finance and technology. Mm-hmm. Something, something quite frankly, I'm a little bit curious about, mm-hmm. right, with my background. And um, so, do you work on the the products that you develop? Are they a lot of the analytical tools that your customers use, or what is the space that you work yeah, in? Yeah, so when it's that's it's a great question. Um, when we talk about financial products in my in my company, so we're an asset management company. Okay. And what that does, um, we basically build structured vehicles, so mutual funds or mm-hmm. um, different types of trusts. Uh, if we're international, we have other types of structures, lux funds, things like that. Um, so they're literally the investment vehicle or product uh, that our investment um, portfolio manager, right? So they... They're the ones picking the stocks, the bonds, mm-hmm. they de- deciding on the stuff to actually buy and purchase within that particular structure. structure. Uh, I, so it's kind of a, you know, it's an a, architect. Almost. Yes, yeah. yes. I, I call myself sometimes a product engineer because I'm kind of the person in the middle helping bring all that innovation forward. So there's the lawyers, there's the accountants, there's the investment professionals who are doing all the, the buying and, and, and analysis of all the stocks and bonds and things. There's all the operational stuff that has to go in behind the scenes. There's the compliance people. There's sales and figuring out you know where to price it, how to market it, right? So there's kind of all of that, and my group is really the, the, group, the group in the middle that brings it together. So how do you... How does your group work to like push things forward when you have so many not con- well almost conflicting groups kind of talking to you and that's that's a lot of constraints to have between all the different stakeholders in that project plus the regulatory issues. How I I would imagine that most of your job is just communicating with all the the people and and that sort of thing is that Yeah, that's the say? fun part of the job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, figuring out where that where that inner crossing and connection um, is to where the sweet spot is, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, you know, what are we good at as a firm and where's our talent that we can actually do something interesting and then, you know, does that actually work within the regulatory framework we're trying to make happen and do clients actually want it, mm-hmm. right? So those are all the, the key pieces that we're kind of intersecting to figure out where's that, that winning, winning app or whatever you want to call it, mm. right? And um, on that same vein... Is product development kind of what you foresee yourself doing for a while? <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. I don't know. I mean, I that's the that's again. I think the beauty of where I find myself in mm-hmm. my career is I never thought I'd be this far into finance where yeah. I'm at, and I don't feel like I want to project where I'll be 10 years from now. I like knowing that. Well, it's also tough to understand what life is going to be like 10 years That's from now true. at this That's point. That's true. You have no I idea. I hate that question, actually. I know, I know. <laughs> well, because especially, I mean, if you think about even 10 years ago, 2009, that was when the iPhone only came out two years before that. It's just crazy to think Life how has changed drastically. Ridi- ridiculous, yeah. We have a couple of alumni that helped manufacture the first iPhone. Did yes, you know that? I did know that. Uh, he it's crazy. He spoke last year, or one of yes, them spoke he, last year. Yes, I think year. he came up for, yes, he did, uh, for uh, the uh, recognition weekends, yeah. Yep, yeah, and uh, I was able to speak with him. He's he's a really, really cool yeah. cool guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just that uh, it that completely idea changed is ridiculous to think The way about. we work. I know. Yeah. Um, so... I'd like to talk a little bit about the Alumni Association. Sure. If you if you would like. Um, because I think that that's something that, you know, students know that they exist, right? The Alumni Association and all the different groups. Um, I hope they do. For the schools. If they but, don't, hopefully this yeah, helps. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um, but the thing is, like, not a lot of people know what their function is mm-hmm. other than, you know, their alumni that want to get, you know, maintain their involvement on campus. Uh, so what does, what's the Alumni Association's core function? So... I wouldn't say we have a core function other than to represent our alumni mm-hmm. and to connect our alumni back to the university, back to the current students, out to parents, future students even. So we're kind of the the branch that, you know, really helps bring all that back into, into fold and hopefully keep um, you know, our existing alumni connected to the university as well. That's why we have our 28, 30 or so um, chapters. It's always changing. Yeah. We've actually grown quite a bit since I first got involved with the Alumni Association, God, probably 10 years or so ago. Um, 
you know, so so I think our first real focus is making sure we keep our alumni aware and engaged. I mean, the university has changed drastically. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, again, with technology, many ways that the university can continue to try to get word out about what's going on on campus and all the cool and awesome stuff that the students and you guys are doing. I mean, it amazes me. And obviously, I'm very connected to what's what's going on. But um, I think when I talk to alumni that haven't been back to campus in like 10, 20, since they graduated yeah, like, 40 years ago, place, yeah. right? They wouldn't, they wouldn't physically recognize it. It looks yeah. completely different. Um, where we're sitting today wasn't even wasn't here. Even around, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and that's true even because this was built in what, 2010? It wasn't here when I, when I was yeah, here. Yeah, that's crazy yeah. to think about. I know. Don't age me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then, you know, the different majors, the, the entrepreneurial spirit that's going mm-hmm. on and the innovation. I mean, that stuff is just so cool. And I think, you know, some of the businesses that are coming out of here yeah. run and, and built by students, I mean, that's just, like, amazing yeah. to see some of the technology, like, stuff that's going on on the, on the biology side and the mm-hmm. engineering side, um, you know, the things that the faculty are doing. I mean, it's just, it's really incredible. Well, and that's kind of why I started this podcast. And I would kind of urge you to spread the, the word about the podcast to the Alumni Association and the chapters because, mm-hmm. you know, the hardest part with Clarkson is everyone is so modest and it's so hard totally. to, to, and everyone is so like, they know everything that's going on in their bubble, but they don't know what's going on across camp. Even students, mm. like we live in this space. We aren't that far from anyone else. We're 10 minute walk tops to every other student yeah. and room on campus. Um, and we still don't know what's going on. Uh, and so part of the idea with the podcast was there's, incredible things going on in all disciplines, um, whether it be alumni, students, faculty, staff. And I just wanted to create a platform where, you know, people didn't have to be physically on campus or they didn't have to be physically at an event that happened one time at one night um, to understand what happens here, right? There's always alumni coming up and giving talks, but inevitably it's always on a night either right before a big exam where, you know, 500 students are going to be out of commission or it's the night of that exam. And so, you know, having an on-demand uh, access point for the the cool things that are going on was kind of the idea behind the podcast. And so um, I think that that's, technology is definitely helping us yeah. enable that for sure. Hey, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure we can find ways to make sure alumni that are coming back know, and mm. we'll, we can figure out with the help of the alumni office, how do yeah. we maybe get some more people. Yeah, Teresa was a great help with trying to get a list together for yeah. this weekend. So um, definitely more more so in the future. We can future push when people we know. that way, for sure. Yeah. Um, it is crazy to think about, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, just how campus has changed. I mean, even I'm, I'm graduating this year when I was a freshman. ERC, Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> uh, when I was a freshman, the ERC construction hadn't started. Obviously, Chiel ha- wasn't even really, I mean, at least to students' knowledge, wasn't being talked about. Um, and in, I'm graduating a year early, so I've only been here three years. But in the three years that I've been here, both of those gigantic projects have started. Um, and so... And it's to th- I'm going to grad school after this here, and so two years later, grad when school I, here, yeah, okay, yeah, in wow. environmental science and engineering. Oh, nice. Um, and so once I graduate from that, Chi will be done, the ERC will be done, and it's just, it's so amazing to see the dedication, and a lot of it has to do with alumni who have been able to give their donations to make these things possible, um, and it's it's just really cool to to see how that pride in, in Clarkson has been able to manifest itself in improving. The experiences of Clarkson students. I can't wait for the makerspace to open. Um, you know what Aaron has done mm-hmm. with uh, trying to get Ignite developed and and in in the lives of Clarkson students and in their experience. I think is going to be really manifest itself greatly once that space opens up and and the whole ERC as uh, in general. So yeah, um, you know actually. Little secret. So Aaron and I have known each other for a long time. Mm. So yeah, she mentioned she's a very good friend of mine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think what what she's been able to do and help pull that all together, um, you know, with Tony and ev- and the mm. trustees and everybody else, that's it, been a really it's really cool to see. Yeah, uh, I think it will be a huge culture. Uh, shift for the university. Maybe not huge, but it's definitely it's significant con- for continuing sure. to help. Um, 
foster that innovative and entrepreneurial mm. culture, which yeah. I think is is really awesome. Yeah, and I think that um, you know being able to bring the alumni in to to show them uh, you know the changes that have been made and the students that are here. You know, every time I, I get to uh, speak with an alumni, it's just it's a lot of fun because I get to understand what their experience was like. Um, and, you know, it gives me a lot of, of pride to be here. Uh, and I think that that's, you know, me too, by the way. Yeah, it's I mean, it's part of the it's part of the job. But I'll tell you, it's really fun uh, coming to Kogo weekends, mm-hmm. reunion, uh, the local events. I was out in California last month and happened to go to an admissions event while I was there. Um, and ran into a, a couple old sorority sisters I hadn't seen in, since I graduated. Since they graduated, they actually graduated graduated before me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, meeting all these people constantly, um, you know, you find out how many cool different things people yeah. are doing. I mean, it's just it's it's absolutely impressive. It makes you feel more and more proud yeah. to be a, a Clarkson alum. And it's like, how do I get? How do how do I get more of my friends and people I graduated with even to like, you know, hear about these people and know yeah. these experience and get the word out? Because yeah. it is impressive. Mm. Yeah. So that's what this podcast is trying to do. So I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, the biggest thing before it took um, my friend Nick and I, uh, when we started it, we started it almost two years now was when we came up with the idea. Uh, and it took us a whole th- well, half of a fall semester and the full spring semester to figure out how to make these things so that they were even remotely digestible. Uh, Aaron would be the first to tell people that uh, when Nick and I started, we thought that it would be cool. We didn't do any interviews, so we just tried to do them as conversations between the two of us. Um, and they were we literally tried to make an entire episode about the innovations around corn. And it was the <laughs> worst episode Uh Nick would Nick always says that uh, his uh, his family wouldn't even listen to it, and it was really oh, no. bad. Um, <laughs> That's but, bad when your family won't yeah, do it, right? exactly. <laughs> so um, being able to you know now move into the second year, and we were able to get it together, uh, and you know the the transport function that we've had with um, we've almost been able to make it a formula where we can get these episodes out and have them be. Um, really quality episodes with with alumni and with uh, faculty cool so I'm, I'm hoping that the more alumni hear about this the more we get to interview them because there's so many that are doing Absolutely. amazing things um so that's the biggest thing for us i think we can probably flood you with people that would be great <laughs> honestly because i'm sure we um last year we or last semester we only did one uh, every other week so mm-hmm. we got seven episodes out last semester this semester we're doing every week but we're wow. finding it to be a little bit challenging to get i'd say so uh yeah i mean like we've, we've made it work uh and the people that we've had on have been great uh but it's definitely been a little bit challenging what we the lesson we've learned at the very least is that we need to have you know five or six names going into the semester to have mm-hmm. that first couple of months so that we can get them you know have we have yeah we have a buffer added, zone yeah, yeah. So any names that you can flood us with would be would be sure. great. So, yeah. um, but weekends like this, Kogo, you know, you're the fourth interview in 24 hours. So <laughs> uh, it's made it makes it easy because you know we get all of you at once. And, yeah. Um, it's been it's been a lot of fun yeah, for sure. Definitely. So what else? Um, moving forward with the alumni association, what uh, what are your goals for the next few years with the association? Yeah, I mean. We're, we are always kind of changing. We're trying to part, make sure we're you know a good partner with the university, with the alumni office um, for our alumni. Um, but I would say, you know, some of the key things we're focused on, we try to help with admissions when and where we can. Um, you know, we're trying to make sure we're, we're able to recruit, not only recruit, but also have career placement in areas, um, you know, both within the Northeast where, where, where we tend to have a lot of folks, but also in some areas where, you know, there's interest from, let's say, the West Coast or the Southeast of the country or internationally, right? Um, so trying to figure out how do we help the university, help leverage our alumni network. We're 44,000 strong, right? Um and and support those efforts so that you know not only are people coming from 
all over the place, but they're also able to go back home if they want to when they graduate um, and have a career. So I think that's that's something we're focused on. You know, social media is another thing that um, we're trying to figure out. We have a few few folks on uh, my leadership board that are in that space, not myself personally, mm-hmm. but um, so I'm taking their advice and we're trying to work with, again, the, the university alumni office staff to, to figure out how to better utilize social media so that we can get the word out and uh, into our alumni, you know, people, and especially our younger alumni, right, are less and less apt to be reading through emails and yeah. things like that. I mean, you know, my inbox is flooded with mm-hmm. with tons of emails, right? So it's like, you know, some other method that is, uh, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever, mm. all the different um, modes that are kind of another focus of how do we better utilize the technology and communication that's available to us now to spread the word about things that are going on on campus, uh, our notable alumni, because um, that only helps, you know, really strengthen mm-hmm. our alumni as a, as a group. Do you think that, do you feel that social media has helped uh, keep some of the more recent uh, graduates closer to the Alumni Association and to campus? I think uh, definitely from the overall university social media. Okay. Um, they, they've done quite a lot of work to uh, help that. I think we can do more as an alumni organization and mm-hmm. that's you know one of our goals more near term in the next couple of years to figure out how to get that to to work awesome so um i'm just curious because you said this at the beginning and how how did you go from growing up in watertown in the north country oh, to yeah. to living in <laughs> manhattan that seems like a crazy because i'm from like a smaller town in connecticut Oh, what and part of I Connecticut? Um, Granby, Connecticut. So okay. north of Hartford in the Farmington Valley. Okay, I lived in Hartford for a little bit. So Avon, Simsbury. Okay. So just north of that, between yeah. that and the Massachusetts border. Obviously, like GE is big in yep. Connecticut, so I spent Well, not good, anymore. They not just anymore. Moved. They you're moved. right. You're right. They moved. Um, but it was when it I was, was there. Big, back yeah. in my day. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, even, even when I was in high school, they were still big, so. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, so, you know, I think it was always just something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a few friends in the tri-state area, and I thought, you know, I've grown up in the North Country, love the North Country, especially in the summer. Mm-hmm. Winters, you know, yeah. <laughs> a little more interesting. Although I do I do love the winters, believe it or not. It's um, always best when the snow first falls. Yeah. Then after that, like, you know, now when the snow's melting, yeah. and it's a little more brown, it's... Yeah. Less fun. No, it's, um, but you know, I, so I, I do, I do love the North Country. Uh, I also love the city life. I wish there was like some place where you could have like in the middle both, right? Um, but I always wanted to just, you know, you watch all these TV shows and mm-hmm. things about people from the big city, right? So it's like that was always a destination that I just, I wanted to check it off and, and even if I only lived there for a year, that was what I was going to do. And a year became a decade. Mm-hmm. And here I am still in New York City. Um, so we'll see. Again, I never say that, you, you know, know gonna happen. Who, where I would go next. But um, it, it really, it's been a, a great place to, to live. It's busy for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's a different lifestyle. Uh, but yeah, there's just, there's so much going on in New York. There's so many cultural things the diversity of that city is just uh it's there's no place like it in mm-hmm. my mind on the planet really i know i'm only ever able to ever get there like for a couple of days at a time and mm-hmm. i never feel like i can you know you have so many things on your list yeah. that you want to check off and i can never get to all of them yeah it's it's really interesting when i you know um obviously coming from small town my parents were like well, you're moving where <laughs> um <laughs> And it seems like this, you know, big, lots of buildings type place to go. But there are real neighborhoods in yeah. Manhattan. It's not all skyscrapers and uh, huge office buildings. Um, so, you know, people live in different boroughs around the city. And it's, there, it is actually quiet. Um, <laughs> it's not always hustle and bustle. Yeah. Um, and it, it, you know, I ha- you know, you have your normal, your normal life. Um, so... Awesome. Yeah. So 
let's end with this. What do you have any advice? To, I feel like this is going to be a tough question. Not really. <laughs> I mean, um, for anyone graduating soon-ish, what advice do you give to to us as far as you know what to look for? How can we capitalize on our early career and that sort of thing? Um, you know, I'd say just this is probably going to sound super general, but I would say be open to the opportunities that come in front of you. Uh, and don't be afraid to try something total. It, that sounds totally outlandish because um, you know you don't know where it's going to take you. And definitely leverage your connections, your network that you've built, both the alumni network for mm-hmm. sure. If you're moving into a city where we have a chapter, like connect with them because you know you go to an event, you never know who you're going to meet. Um, I I will tell you, and and I'm I'm an example of how it works, but. Um, you know, I think our alumni, because we are a smallish community, mm. when you when you find somebody else that's like a Clarkson alum, I, uh, it's you kind of already have that connection, right? Yeah. Um, and you just you just never know where that that can lead. But beyond just Clarkson, I mean, I think you know as you build that network, as you go into some of these rotational programs, you're going to meet a lot of people that are also alongside of you. Um, you know, stay connected and, mm. and you never know how that network becomes helpful as you progress in your career and your businesses. Where are the pockets of the alumni growing fastest right now? Oh, that's a hard question. I honestly don't know if I could tell you. Really? Yeah. What are the newest chapters? The newest chapters that we've probably added are, I would say, Denver is somewhat new. Okay. Um, we've added a chapter in the Bay Area. They've been going for quite a oh yeah like a few years mm. um we have a southern california i want to say okay don't quote me on this i know i'm testing you right you now. are testing <laughs> me i'm like let me remember <laughs> you need your notes right yes <laughs> awesome well thank you very much for coming on and talking about a bunch of different things um and i look forward to having more alumni like you on yeah All no, right. it's great glad yeah. to do it thank you thank you All right, everyone. That's all we have for this week's episode. Sorry, I thought we were doing the intro, and then we started doing the outro. All right, thank you, guys. Uh, We'll see you next week. I'm Nick. Or hear you. Uh, And I'm Matt. Bye.